Second question I have along those lines. For the Jets, what do they do? First and foremost, have they called Chase? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, and and honestly, I don't – yeah, I, I mean, um, they're looking for veteran quarterbacks. My arm – Feels nice and lubed up and ready to <laughs> roll, baby. What's up, everybody? Trey Wingo here with Chase Daniel as we're into episode two of Chasing It. We'll be here all season long. Brought to you, of course, by the 33rd team. And uh, week one is in the books. And Chase, it was what we call an eventful week one, which, <laughs> culminated, which culminated with the unbelievable Monday night game in which a team scored more points than the other. But I would argue that no team won because the Jets won the game in overtime. The Bills looked terrible. And Aaron Rodgers is now gone for the season. Other than that, oh. nothing happened Monday night. No storylines, no headlines at all. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, what insane. are we doing? Yeah. It's, I mean, like, Literally, Aaron Rodgers' 2023 Jet season lasted 76 seconds. Seven crazy to me. Seconds. Four snaps. Yeah. Four snaps. No like, completed just... pass. And all this buildup, right? All this yeah. buildup to Aaron Rodgers with hard knocks and out of the darkness retreat and yeah. all these things. And he's like, it felt like he completely has changed who he was compared to yeah. his time in Green Bay. And, you know, became a little bit more human. He was giving really long answers to everything. He's nicer to the media. He's nicer to his teammates. And all this stuff happens. And then to see it go down like that, because, I mean, watching it live, uh, like you, I didn't think there was anything wrong. I thought it was an ankle. He was going to yeah. tape it up, spat it up. I mean, I mean, I was, I was literally Peyton Manning. I thought Peyton Manning yeah. did a really good job on the broadcast. Because he was like, we're, they're showing the blue tint, right? Right. And then they show the cart and then he gets into the cart. Like I thought he was in, in, in Peyton's like, Holy cow. Like, yeah. What is happening? What? Like, this is crazy. I thought he was just going to tape it up, get back on. Sure enough, into the cart in a boot of all things into the x-ray room coming out automatically ruled him out. And then it was uh, the Zach Wilson show. Yeah. I mean like the, you know, when you hear, Oh, x-rays are negative and people are like, yeah, that's not the issue. Like, no. this is not the issue. And look, you hate this for Aaron Rodgers. You hate this for the Jets because they were all in on this. But I don't know if there's a more cursed franchise than the Jets. Like, I don't know if a more cursed franchise exists. Like, I had people that I knew were Jet fans that were saying to me, yeah, I think it should work. But like we talked about last week, it's the Jets. Like, something always seems to happen. And it seems like only this would happen to the Jets. And then you get these stories coming out, Chase, well, you know, from these – insiders and uh, think well i've heard that aaron was unhappy with the plays and the cutbacks and the roles that elite man stop okay stop with that just stop all right uh, that's not why he got injured it just popped and and quite frankly the, the bigger reason why it popped is that turf has been a mess forever at metlife oh. you've known this you know they oh. actually there's a, there's an article up on espn.com right now where they redid the the turf in may because of all the injuries that people were having and they still had the problem. I want to ask you about this first. We'll go into what this means for the Jets and what this means for the Bills and all that kind of stuff. David Bakhtiari was out there 
right away. And obviously, people that don't know, Bakhtiari is the left tackle for the Packers. Rodgers is his boy. Uh, they have yeah, been boys. running mates the whole time. They've been there forever. He was like, this turf has got to go. When you saw that injury, was there anything about you that said, yes, this might be turf related? None. No. Ought to be, I'm going to be completely honest with you. No. No, I, I did not think it was turf related. Now, listen, I get, I get it. Like, guys in every single locker room I've been in, the most whining and complaining that I've ever heard is people, let's get rid of turf, let's get rid of turf, let's go to grass, okay? And I get it. Yeah. When you're on turf, right, like like joints hurt, right? Like your joints, it's, it's tough. And grass is a little bit better. You might have your bones hurt a little bit, stuff like that. And that's what everyone tells me. But I do think, I mean, turf... Listen, I'm not one for not agreeing with David Bakhtiari because I do. But when it came to my mind and I had to reread his tweet and reread his tweet, I'm like, do you really think the turf did it? I mean, his his cleat could have got caught in grass right? like when it did it. So I don't necessarily know if that's the answer. And listen, I, I get it's It's like a it's like a rallying call for these NFL PA. And I was part of the PA for 10 years. Long time. I was a rep yeah. for eight Eight, I was a voting rep for eight, seven or eight years. I don't know. But it was always brought up. And, and listen, I'm, well, I play quarterback. Quarterbacks are different, right? But, like, if I'm a beast and I'm an O-lineman or a D-lineman and I'm in the trenches and something like this happens, like, yeah, okay, I get it. Grass might not have as big of a, 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 an impact as the turf did. But that would that wasn't my that wasn't my first impression. But I do also want to hit on which someone sent me this email and you talked about it the the New York Jets injury yeah. history. Okay, at quarterback yes. like like it, it's crazy. I'm it's just going to read you. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, okay, Rogers' injury is just one of many New York Jets quarterbacks to suffer a major injury early in the season, dating back to 1996. Week one starter Neil O'Donnell. Shoulder injury in week six versus Oakland. Missed the rest of the season. Jets finished 1-15. Okay, 1999. Week one starter, Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde. Ruptured yeah. Achilles in week one versus New England. Jets finished the season 8-8. Eight eight. Okay, 2003. Presumed week one starter, Chad Pennington. Broken left hand in team's fourth preseason game. He missed the first six games. The Jets still finished 6-10. and 10. He wasn't that good that year. 2005. Started Chad Pennington. A gear. Torn. Torn rotator cuff in week three in Jacksonville. Jets finished four and 12. 2013, presume week one starter Mark Sanchez. Shoulder injury in team's third preseason game. Missed the entire year, replaced by Geno Smith. Okay, Jets finished eight and eight. 2017, presume week one starter Bryce Petty alert. Left knee MCL sprain in team's third preseason game. Jets finished five and 11. And then Aaron Rodgers this year. Like, I thought that was wild. I know we were talking about it, but to actually get the history of it to me is crazy. Well, not only that, and you missed one. Uh, uh, G Gino Smith was punched in the jaw by his teammate, <laughs> I.K. Impanala, and broke his jaw. Okay, like, oh, I these, forgot about these, that things, these things only happen to the Jets. A good friend of mine, when they picked uh, uh, Zach Wilson, I said, what do you think? He goes, well, I think it's wrong. I said, why? Because the Jets picked him. Like the, the, it is a, it is just what happens to this yeah. franchise. I was texting with yeah. Damian Woody last night. I said, bro, I can't believe it. He's like, I'm telling you the Jets are cursed. The Jets are absolutely cursed. And by the way, kudos to them for finding a way to win that game. And we'll get into the game and all that a little bit later. But what I want to – first thing I want to talk about, you know how hard it is for anybody to come back from an Achilles, okay? The honeymoon, we talked about it all summer. There was a love affair between Aaron Rodgers and the city of New York and the Jets fans. 
poof, gone in five plays in 76 seconds. He's 39 years old, okay? He's 39 years old. You know people that have had Achilles injuries. You know the commitment that it takes to even attempt to think about coming back. Is there any part of your mind that thinks we've seen Brett, uh, Aaron Rodgers on the field for the last time because of this injury? That's the first thing that came to my mind. Absolutely. Because of Achilles, ACL, MCL, PC, like, okay, that uh, maybe. And to see him go out with the Achilles, like I thought, I mean, I just go back to, I thought it was ankle. And then when he put the boot on, I'm like, oh, mine goes to Achilles. And my mind immediately went to, hey, Aaron Rodgers, has he played his last snap ever? <clears throat> he got four or five plays in the New York Jets uniform. And and to, to your point about the, about the Achilles is that's a – Listen, it, it just it, it people are going to scroll Twitter and I talk about this a lot because this is this is sort of a pet peeve of mine. People scroll through Twitter, okay? And they see the Aaron Rodgers injury and say ruptured ruptured yeah. Achilles. And they're Not like torn oh, ruptured. That's a big rup- difference. Big difference. And yeah. they see it on Twitter and they look at it and they say, "Oh, yeah, he'll be back." Dude, what? Like first yeah. of all, we 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 are human. Like like just just yeah. take a step back. Like we are human. First of all, this is a major, massive, huge injury. It's not like some you broke a bone in your body and it heals in six weeks. This is a ten to twelve month recovery. So even if he had surgery right away, which th- is not going to happen because they want to wait for the swelling to go, down. to go down. But even if yep. he had surgery right away. He he misses all of OTAs, all the training, all the stuff, and he's 40, almost forty. Like, is he gonna want to put in the effort to rehab? That's a great question, and that's what breaks me into the next point, which a lot of people out there it's getting talked about a little bit today. But he gave up twelve, thirteen million dollars. Yeah. Okay, yes. that's a that's a big deal. Okay, first of all, so everyone's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is best. He's he's got all this like gave up all this money so the team can be competitive. But he gave up twelve or thirteen million dollars for four snaps. Like I know, at the end of the day, people are like, "Oh, stop talking about money." However, yeah. think if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're Correct. hoping you compete for a Super Bowl. You're hoping you get a few more years in you. Now he's out that money, obviously, and he's out in Achilles, and he's probably out for the rest of his career. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. So that's the, the decision he has to make, and that's a tough one, right? Like Kobe Bryant the Achilles like and I get it you're more explosive as a basketball player and it's it's a little more difficult but still you got to move around you got to move around you got to find a way to think, make things work second question I have along these lines for the Jets what do they do first and foremost have they called Chase <laughs> no okay. um and, and honestly I don't yeah I, I mean um they're looking for veteran quarterbacks my arm Feels nice and lubed up and ready to <laughs> roll, baby. But uh, they haven't called. But I have not. I haven't spoken to my agent. It's still pretty early in the day. I did. Yeah. I did hear that they reached out to some vets. So I'm guess. I'm guessing I'm not on the list. But well, well, well Sala said. Sala said we're rolling with Zach Wilson. That's the right answer. And now you have these crazy 100%. theories out there. Okay, they should go sign Tom Brady. Let me be a hundred percent clear. That is never <laughs> happening in the history of time. Okay, that is not happening. Could you that imagine if it happening. did though? And he went yeah. to the Super Bowl and won it like legend, yeah, well, bro. Yeah. Well, can you imagine if I grew a third arm? How great that would be. Like that's not happening <laughs> either. Okay. So that one's out. And then I hear like people that I respect saying they should really look 
at a trade for Matthew Stafford or get in Matt Ryan for a physical. Let's start with Matt Ryan. I love Matt Ryan. I <laughs> think he's great. Matt Ryan retired last year while he was playing. Okay. <laughs> he was, I love Matt Ryan. He was, he was certifiably yeah. terrible last year. He's bad. And now, and now he's calling games and his booth partners are trolling him with 28 to three oh, comments. You that really was funny. Think, I don't care who you yeah, are. That, that was pretty funny. It was, it was, and he handled it well, but you, you're telling yeah. me you think that's an option for you. That's an option for you that you're going to get this guy who was awful last year, awful last year, hasn't played in forever, has no concept of the system. You're going to bring him in and that's going to work. Scratch that one. Then the other one is, well, let's make a trade for Matthew Stafford. What are you talking about? They just went in and rolled Seattle in Seattle. They're feeling good about themselves. Cooper Cup's on injured reserve. He's only going to miss four games that we know of at this point. He might come back. They just went in there and just, you know, uh, asserted their dominance over Seattle in their place in week one with receivers you and I have never heard of. And Matthew Stafford likes, yeah, Matthew Stafford likes L.A. This just in. Okay, he wanted to leave Detroit for a reason. He wanted to go to L.A. for a reason. I don't think he's going to just say, you know what, guys, the Jets may be calling. See you later. Do that you one's interesting, though, chance? to me. That's okay, interesting, fine. though, to me. I, li- I like I, – I, I talked to Diana Rossini this morning. She was mm-hmm. at the game, okay? She's with The Athletic now. She was awesome. She came yeah. on the Chase Daniel Show, and I said, hey, can I use some of this stuff for chasing it? Of course. And she was saying th- that – Matthew Stafford has been talked about like a little bit like, but, but, but my question to her, okay. And this is how she phrased it, which I thought was really cool was, Hey, listen, like a guy like Matthew Stafford, I, I threw it out there. Like, because I wanted to see, because all the off season speculation, everything that he said, that the team said, like his wife's getting into the stuff, like he's not connected. So with bad. Teams, so like, bad. like not, not great. I love, I love the Staffords, by the way, I was with them in 2020, but yeah. I would say like, just stay, just move, move out a little bit. But, yeah. um, my thing don't, is like don't I, I said, don't don't tell secrets when he's talking to you in person about stuff. How yeah, about that? Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And and so when I asked her, her eyes sort of lit up, and I'm like, she was like, well, maybe, but like it makes a lot of sense in terms of in terms of not money because he's due an absurd amount of salary, but the Jets have done everything humanly possible to buy in for this year it's win now and maybe win next year they spend a ton of money they have have extra money if they can make it work which i listen i don't think this is going to happen if they make this work and and we're somehow be able to get matthew stafford i think it's like a genius move now i don't think matthew wants to move out of la i agree it's la and i think, like, I think that's to, the like, biggest thing i think yeah. that's the biggest thing matthew doesn't it makes sense for the jets i don't think it makes sense for matthew stafford yeah yeah, it's just it's just an interesting conversation because when I brought it up, I was like, I'm, I'm and, I, and I'm sure if I'm Joe Douglas and I'm Robert Sala and I'm Woody Johnson right now, I am looking at every single possibility out there for quarterback. We just heard that they they reached out to Chad Henney. like they are looking for a vet. Like like you were gonna say it, but I'm gonna say it for you, Joe Flacco. Tell me why. Tell me why you Thank think you. Joe Flacco's the guy. Because Joe Flacco knows these players, Joe, it's it's a different system. I understand that, but he knows he knows what Robert Sala expects. And oh, by the way, go back and look how Joe Flacco played last year in the first two weeks of the season. For most of last season, he led the league in touchdown passes because he played in two games because the yeah, Jets the were Browns terrible the and, Zach Wilson, really, and Zach amazing. Wilson did not play well. Joe Flacco makes all the sense in the world, especially if you said to yourself already, 
It is Zach Wilson's team. We're rolling with it. So what you're basically saying is we're committing to Zach Wilson until he completely poops the bed, which is possible. It's certainly yeah. possible. So yeah. what you need then is somebody who knows everything that you're trying to do, is familiar with the system and familiar with the players. Joe Flacco makes all the sense in the world. It's not sexy. It's not yeah. sexy. It's not flashy. It's not Tom Brady or Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford but it makes the most damn sense. And if you really yeah, want to be honest yeah, about it, like it. If, you, if you think you have something with everybody else on this team, every other thing looks great, you need someone in there that can be a backup and a bridge uh, till, until Zach Wilson either gets it or doesn't, and then he can step yeah. in and win some games for you. And don't, yeah. don't, don't even think about discounting that. Joe Flacco could win games for the Jets right now if he showed up. I'm sorry, that's a fact. You heard it here first on Chasing It. Joe Flacco to the Jets. Let's go. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. And these people that are like, oh, that's crazy. What were you watching? It's not crazy year? at all. Yeah, it's not crazy at all. What were you watching? I totally agree. Like, you, you, what, what's insane is Matt Ryan. Okay, what's insane is Tom Brady. Uh, Chad Henney, I guess, on some level makes sense. But Joe Flacco is Chad Henney who's been in the building. And that makes yeah. a big difference. Like, Garrett Knows Wilson last year. Yeah. yeah, Garrett Wilson last year said something which I thought was really interesting when Zach went down. They were asked, well, what's the difference between Joe and Zach? Garrett Wilson said the quiet part out loud. Joe throws a real catchable ball. Joe throws a real catchable ball, which was an indictment on Zach as much as it was a compliment on, on <laughs> yeah, Joe. Was it a compliment but, or an indictment? But, but that's yeah. a separate issue. That is a separate issue completely. But it tells you what the team thinks about him. So it, it makes all the sense. And Joe has said, I want to play. It makes all the sense in the world for me yeah. from a football yeah. standpoint to go get a guy like Joe Flacco and not shoot for them with these ridiculous bullshit ideas. But, hey, it's the Jets. Who knows what they're going to do? Okay, so now now let's talk about the other side of the equation, which is the Buffalo Bills. This was a horrific loss for the Buffalo Bills. And I put this out there on my Instagram story before the game. I said, all this talk is about uh, Aaron Rodgers and all this kind of stuff. I want to see what Josh Allen does in this game. Because if you go back and look at his splits against everybody else last year and then look at his numbers against the Jets, they were terrible. He threw for about 100 passing yards less per game against the Jets in those two games. His passer rating was significantly worse. His completion percentage was about nine points lower. Uh, The Bills offense scored roughly 30 points a game against everybody else and under 19 a game against the Jets. And he had one touchdown and two interceptions in two games against the Jets and had 34 and 12 against everybody else. And what does he do last night? Three interceptions, two fumbles, one of them lost. His four turnovers essentially cost the Bills a chance to win the game that they absolutely should have won when the starting quarterback is knocked out on the first damn drive. Yeah, I mean, in that, that that brings me back to my point we were talking about it earlier is, is it a better win for the Jets or a worse loss for the Bills? I think it's a worse loss for the Bills. And it, for agree. the exact reasons you said right there, Josh Allen, and I love Josh he has, Allen. I love him too, but let's chase. He has regressed. There's no but doubt about he, it. There, he has yeah, it, regressed. And it, 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 my question, and I don't know, I, I don't know, but I, I'm saying this to our, our listeners, is is it Josh Allen as a football player or is it coaching? Is it the new offensive coordinator, the way they are calling plays? Since Brian um, Dayball left. Since Brian Dayball left, it just hasn't quite been the same listen he's he's got a bazooka everyone knows him as my friend mike rob would say on nfl network the bazooka he's president of bill's mafia but we were texting last night and he's like bro what is happening and and it's 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 the same old story 
for me. And it's, and, and I can say this because I've played the position for 14 years. When you try to do too much at the quarterback yeah. position, it can honestly hurt you as a team. And it hurts yeah. you as a player. If you're trying to not, if you're trying to play outside of the offense, as people like to say, and you're doing too much rather than, Hey dude, just check it down and take a two yard gain on first down. You don't need to scramble up and throw 60 yard bomb for punts for interceptions. Like that's, that's my thing. And the, the thing is he knows it. He knows it. He said it in the post game interview last night. Yeah. Like we should get some snippets of that because what he said was like, it's the same old stuff over yeah. and over. Hurt my team. Hurt. He said it a ton he of knows times. It. He knows, he knows, he it. knows what the issue is. My, my question is like, as a competitor, I've been in situations like that. I've been in situations where I just want to try so hard to make a play and just put it on me. Like it's, it's on me to make this play on third and 12. If the defense is dropping to the sticks and I got a wide open flat route, uh, uh-uh. I like some part of me wants to like look the flat defender off, make a Superman throw over the hook defender into a bucket to my receiver. And I'm like, the, the chances of that being completed are 10%. Like, yeah. and, and, and the chances of it being an interception are much higher. And so he just has to learn. And, and the thing is, uh, we keep saying he has to learn. I don't know if he's regressed skill wise. I think he's regressed in decision-making. Yes. Like, that's let's just what I'm make saying. that clear. It, yeah. it, 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 physically and mentally, the dude looks as sharp as ever. I love his cocky. I would say, I wouldn't even say confidence. I would I like his conf, like cockiness about swagger. him. Swagger. Swagger. And, and, and his swagger. And it, it, it's, it's, um, it's a good thing to have for the team, but 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 the biggest thing for me is like decision making wise, dude. Like, go back, watch the film, make it better, and he will. And and it, this could be as easy as like the numbers you threw out. Like, dude, Jets. Like, you have his number. That defense is really, really good. And yeah. and you you know it, it, that's but it's that that's my two things. Is like, hey, is it coaching or is it Josh? And you've regressed a little bit in decision making. Yeah, no question. And here's the other thing, like. And we'll move on from from this in a second. There are other issues besides Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Stephon Diggs things is is not something's not right there. I don't know how you fix it. I don't, how you, I don't care what they say in public. You can tell it's not right. Uh, the league has figured out how to defend Gabriel Davis. Let's just be honest about yeah. it. Okay, he's he's yeah. not a weapon for them right now. Um, they have the second fewest rushing touchdowns in the NFL since 2018. That's when Josh was, was rookie year. So he, of course, he feels like he has to do everything because not only is there he's their passing attack, he's their rushing attack. They have not figured that out, and they didn't figure it out against the Jets. Maybe Cook can be that against a lesser defense, but that has not been figured out. And if you're honest with yourself, you're really honest with yourself. As good as this run has been for the Buffalo Bills, we might have to consider the reality that the Buffalo Bills, as we know them, as they're presently constructed peaked in the AFC divisional round when they had a, a, a lead on the Kansas City Chiefs with 13 seconds to play. And yeah. it has been downhill for this organization ever since. And That's a great if point. If you're really honest about it, that was the peak of everything the Bills had done. And then one horrendous special teams decision, followed by an incredible two plays by the Kansas City Chiefs. It's unraveled since then. And you just have to wonder if it's going to get any better or this is what we've seen from this Buffalo Bills team as we know it. No, that's a great that's a great point. And I think I think to your point, it's like, hey, that with 13 seconds left, everyone in America and their mom thought that they were going to win that game. And if they win yep. that game, who knows? Maybe they're the new Chiefs. You know, right. and, and it, that's that's what's crazy about this game that 
a lot of people don't realize is like it is an inch by inch, second by second game, like seconds and inches and details matter because it changes not only the entire um, way of, of players, but teams and yeah. franchises. And um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic to me. I, I, I'm in the boat where I think it's still fixable. I think the Bills... I mean, they have to get. They have to go to the Super Bowl this year, right? Or everyone's just going to be like, like, like good that. Luck that, that to me like, is like literally good luck. Like, with what's that, their with ceiling, all the other teams right? In the AFC, good well, luck. Every with team, that. every team in the AFC lost this week, so it well, doesn't it matter. Funny. It is funny. Like NFC four and zero against the AFC this week. Did did we did any of us expect that the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills would all lose Week One? And I think the answer yeah. to that is probably no. Um, but I, but I think the Bills, I think the Chiefs' problems are very fixable, and we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. And I think the Bengals, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow didn't play. Like he didn't yeah. play. You can't not play all summer long and then expect to go out there and light it up. Peyton Manning had a had a bursa sack injury in his knee in 2008, and uh, he didn't take a single snap in preseason or training camp, and didn't do anything. And they started three and four. And I remember after they started three and four, he said. It would be disrespectful to the game to think that you could go out there and not take a single snap all summer or in preseason then go out there and play at a high level. Doesn't happen that way. That year they ended up winning their last nine games, went 12-4, and were knocked out by one of the greatest punting games in the history of the NFL I've seen by Cyphers in San Diego. Like He just pinned them down there completely, and, yeah. and Darren Sproles took one uh, deep on a punt return, and that knocked him out of the playoffs. But you know, you know that, that's the reason why Kadarius Toney looked like he was playing with bloody stumps instead of hands. He didn't take a single snap. Uh, all season. <laughs> Side note, by the way, after the Giants de- debacle, which we'll get to in a second, Kadarius mm. Tony was getting bleep from uh, Giants fans after his horrible performance Thursday night, and he was clapping back at him. I'm like, you know, Kadarius, I can think of something better you can do with your hands instead of texting these friends of yours. How about learning how to catch a freaking football again? But that's a separate <laughs> issue entirely. And speaking of the Chiefs, the other big news that came out right before the Monday night game was Chris Jones's holdout has ended. And Chase, to that I say, he gained absolutely nothing. He gained. Well, why, did, why do you think they leaked it during the the start of the Monday night game? Because it was a crappy deal. Correct. Yeah, for I those mean, that why. don't know, yeah, for those that don't know, he basically ended the holdout. He didn't get a long term deal. He got uh, one year with a little more money, but a lot of his incentives have to be met for him to see, receive more money. He's already missed a game check and he's accumulated over $2 million in fines. And people need to understand in the new CBA, you can't just wipe away those fines. You got to pay them. So it, it's not like they can magically say, we forgive you. It's not allowed. So when it's all said and done, Chris Jones held out all season, all summer, missed a game and gained literally nothing because of it. Well, the Chiefs won this one and there's no question about that. Because not only that, Chris Jones gets nothing new necessarily, some incentives, nothing. but like you said, tied to play time. So you actually have to play. So you're hoping, knock on wood, no injury. And yeah. then the Chiefs get one of the best, if not the best, interior defensive lineman back for a very difficult game on the road in Jacksonville. So um, to me, the Chiefs the Chiefs won that one. No no, without Listen, you've been there. You know they have a price on whatever they value. Tyreek went over that price. They were willing to let him go. Chris yeah. Jones thought he was worth more. They were look. I'm hopeful. Like Chris Jones has said before, I want to retire as a chief, and I think you know he was one of the top ten players in the NFL last year, and he deserved it. Fifteen yeah. and a half sacks, yeah. 
Uh, he, he's their most important player. But the way that defense played against the Lions, again, if Kadarius Tony has hands instead of bloody stumps to try and catch the ball, Chiefs probably win that game by 10 points, okay? He yes. gave him a pick six, and he dropped the third and two where he was – Chicks, uh, formerly the Dixie Chicks, now the Chicks, wide open spaces, room to make the big mistake, yeah. and he yeah. made the big mistake. So uh, I, I think Tony will catch passes. Kelsey will come back. That's why I'm not concerned about the Chiefs, okay? No. Kadarius Tony did not learn, forget how to play. He just hadn't played all summer. Kelsey looks like he's coming back, and they get Chris Jones back. I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. And you said something to me earlier. You think they're going to make a statement in Jacksonville this week. Yeah, I do. I, I think that, that – all this, they've had enough time. They've had 10 days between it. They've, they, and this is the thing about coach Andy Reed is like, I don't care what the outside world is saying. I don't care that it was the kickoff game on Thursday night football, that 35 million people were watching that they got upset by the lions on banner night. Like coach came in the next day to the meeting and he pointed out the mistakes that were made. He pointed out some good things because that defense only gave up 14 points. Let's just be Correct. real about that. They played their I love asses the fact they played their yeah, and and I love the fact that Kadarius Tony, what, what Andy Reid said about him this week was like, hey, we're gonna put him right back out there. And 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 yeah. to his, and to his defense, I watched it with the fine tooth comb. Okay, and two of the drops, sure, on on KT, the one drop on third and two. Okay, crossing they were, a, they were running a mesh concept. Okay, yeah. and seventeen. Uh, James. The other receiver, Richie James, okay, is is on the right side of the screen, singled up. He is supposed to be coming at four yards. Okay, four yeah. yards depth. That's called a shallow cross, four yards. KT is over top of him. So, yep. like, Richie James sets the depth at four, okay, and Kadarius Tony should be at six, and they should, like, ships passing in the night, no issue. If you go back and really watch that and yeah. see what happened, okay, Richie James looked like he had no idea what he was doing, he set the depth at eight yards. And yeah. that, that is not what's be that's not what's being coached right now. It's not, yeah. it's not that at all. And Kadarius Tony went underneath him or tried to go underneath him and finally ended up going over top of him. And Mahomes throws it on the hash on the close hash. And that is not how I can tell you that much. That is not how it's, it's coached. Yeah. So in honestly, I think if you really look at it, I think he was throwing, to Richie James, I don't think he was throwing to Kadarius Tony, so I don't I don't fault Kadarius on that. If you have a guy like Travis Kelsey, there's so there the, the Lions are in cover two. It, there's so much depth right there. Like if, if underneath you're Travis yeah. Kelsey, you're just gonna sit right there at third and two and go. Those those new receivers, that's the perfect example for me of them not being on the same page and just playing within the offense. Right. They're running the lines in the install, yeah. and so that yeah. was to me not his fault. And the other fault, the other one, the deep cross route, like it was pretty blatant. I think Patrick Mahomes missed that. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, like it touches Kadarius Tony's hands. It touches Kadarius Tony's hands. But Kadarius Which Tony one, has the, to the run picks, back. The pick, the pick six no. one or the one? No, okay, no, 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 no. His other drop late in the game, which oh he's like God. 16, 18 yards down. But yeah. like, it's behind him. If Patrick leads him, I mean, listen, everyone misses throws. I'm not trying to. Patrick Mahomes is like one of the better quarterbacks to ever play the game. Chase, Chase Daniels' them. hot take: Patrick Mahomes is the problem with the Chiefs. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. I'm saying that throw right there. That throw right there to me, it was like, oh, he could have let yeah. him. Like, of course, he wants that back, but you, you got to touch. You got to hand like handle the the ball if it touches your hands, a receiver. But anyway, I digress. Going on to Jacksonville, I do think that the Chiefs will go into Jacksonville and make a statement. And why do I say that? Well, they've had ten days to just do their own thing and game plan. Now, this Jacksonville defense is legit. 
Okay. Yeah. And they're really good. And, and, and the chiefs have gone into Jacksonville before and beat them. But my big thing is like the key to the game, honestly, will be hopefully Travis Kelsey plays, whatever. Can the chiefs pick up their, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars blitzes? Like, like they're yeah. going to be bringing two, to a side, three, to a side on, they do all sorts of stuff. They're a junk ball is what we like to call it in the quarterback room. They're a junk ball defense, which means you don't really know what they're going to play. They play 20% cover two. They play 20% cover four. They play 20% man, 20% pressure. So you got to have like a good versus all schemes. And if you look historically against with Andy Reid against junk ball defensive coordinators, he loves GVA, good versus all plays. And that yeah. just gives Patrick Mahomes, whatever they do, I have an answer. He's going to put a full game plan of that. I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I think the Chiefs' problems are very fixable, uh, and that's why I'm not concerned about them. I also think the Bengals' problems, for the most part, are fixable. Uh, Joe Burrow hadn't played. Like, people – Cleveland just kicked their ass. In fact, let's go there. Um, I, I might have been more impressed with Cleveland than any other team on week one, and we'll get into the Niners and the Cowboys in a minute. But Cleveland, he, they heard that bleep from Jamar Chase – and after the game, he said, I can't believe we lost to a bunch of Ellis. Bro, you didn't lose. You got your asses kicked. Like you got you got physically dominated. That 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 video of Miles Garrett just swaying back and forth, I'll go left. I'll go right. That was the definition Dude. of a guy who goes, I can do whatever I want, and you chumps have no chance of that stopping me no matter what I decide to do. Like, it was great. And Cleveland is a team, and we've talked about this, Chase, a little bit. Not, nobody's, like, keeping an eye on them. They have playmakers everywhere. And as long as Deshaun Watson isn't terrible, and let's be honest, last year he was terrible, but it was the rust and all the other stuff that he brought on himself, which I understand. If he's not terrible, they have a chance to be really good. He threw a terrible interception in that game. But if Deshaun Watson can come anywhere close to 2019 or 2020, Deshaun Watson, Cleveland's going to be a problem for people. Well, Nick Chubb too, right? Don't forget, don't forget about him. Like Deshaun Chubb, Watson, Nick Garrett, Chubb's still the, top, the, top the three entire, in the league. The entire the entire defense on every level has playmakers. Well, and that's and that's something that I think that that I mean, yeah, they, they got to be good on offense, and I think they're going to be great. Stefanski always has interesting game plans, lots of motions, lots of run, like big heavy personnel groupings. Let Deshaun get empty, mess around a little bit. But the the most underrated point of this entire offseason, now that I know that it's week one, is the signing of Jim. Schwartz as a defensive yep. corner. He's the first defensive coordinator in the cycle to fall and quite honestly looking like the best. I was with him in Philly in uh, 2016 yeah. and loved him as a coach. And, and why did I love him as a coach? Well, I loved him because he was so confident and so like so much swagger where he just, he resonated really well with the players. And as soon as you can resonate well with the players, the players will have belief in you as a play caller and his big thing and that, that front is probably overall first team to third team defensive fronts. That, that Cleveland front is probably the best in the league. Like, all he says in those meetings, he didn't pressure a lot. He didn't care about all that. He likes four-man rush. He does not care about anything else other than getting to the quarterback. Like, yep. go and sack the quarterback. I don't care if it's a screen. I don't care if it's a draw and we give up a 30-yard screen. It does not matter. Like, you were looking at Joe Burrow looked completely overwhelmed. I mean, and that's a, that's a retooled offensive line in Cincy too, right? Yeah. Like it is, it's a good off, but that front, I mean, they are going to be so, so good if they can just string some games together. I mean, it's a tough division, but man, I, I was, that's probably the most impressive thing to me was on the defensive side of the ball. 
Yeah, Orlando Brown might not be the answer at left tackle. I just want to throw that out there as well. He he got worked in that yeah. game. And Chiefs fans are like, told you. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned Jim Schwartz because, I, to me, outside of the Aaron Rodgers news, I think the two things that I really took away from week one was how important some coordinators can be. And you mentioned Jim Schwartz. And you cannot overstate how important Dan Quinn is to the Dallas Cowboys as their defensive coordinator. And he was a decent head coach, and I'm sure he's looking for another opportunity. But I respect him because he's like, you know what? This is what I do. This is who I am. This is how I made my living as a head coach. This is how I got into the league. This is how I have my opportunities. I'm a defensive guy. And I'm telling you what, Dan Quinn unleashed – he was like – Mr. Burns from the Smithers released the hounds against the Giants, and they just got whooped. I want to read you oh something that I, that I thought was just hilarious, okay? And I got to give a shout-out to Opta Sports, uh, the account on Twitter, because this is, the, this is the place that I got this from. I want you to listen to the things that happened for the Cowboys against the Giants in that game, and it's absolutely insane. In the history of the NFL, okay, in the history of the NFL, which goes back over a century, no team in a single season had ever lost 40 to nothing or worse, lost a sack battle 7 to nothing or worse, lost a turnover battle 3 to nothing or worse, had a blocked field goal return for a TD and threw a pick six in the same season. The Giants did it in one game. (laughs) All of those things in one game. They They were annihilated by the Dallas Cowboy front seven. So we'll talk first about the Cowboys. How good can they be because of that defense? Look, Dak is is not going to turn it over, I don't think, as much as he did last year. And we can get into the offense. But if that defense can be this good, how good can the Cowboys be? I mean, they can be Super Bowl champions. Let's let's just call yeah. it what it is. I mean, that, that, that offense will get going. I, I don't think we learned anything at all. Um, from that offense on on Sunday night, but 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 what I do know is that that defense is a game plan nightmare. It all starts. I mean, listen, every position is loaded. That, but it starts with Michael Parsons. Let's just be really really clear about that. He's and insane. and it starts because he lines up every every which way. Like I saw one of his sacks that he was lined up. So they overloaded the front to the left. He lines up. Uh, there's three guys. He lines up in the middle on that left side. And they got a little stunt game going. He gets double teamed and said, ah, no, I'm going to come off the double Doesn't team. Doesn't matter. Loop, loop around and go sack Daniel Jones. Oh, before like two seconds, which is very fast to throw the football. So uh, I think what, what Dallas brings is just that Dan Quinn, man. Like, like yeah. I agree with you. Like Dan Quinn is, is, is a home run keep, right? Because he was trying to get the head coach cycle, whatever. But that defense is just a mismatch nightmare. Like you go into a game planning week if you are, say, Sean Payton, okay? Just because I played with him for seven years. The the biggest thing Sean Payton does early in the week before he even thinks about the coverages you're playing or how he's going to attack is the very first thing, and he's he's probably the best I've ever been at at, at, at putting a protection plan together for, for a squad is he goes in and he looks at, Hey, do we have any amazing like bull pass rusher types? Okay. He would say, yeah, Micah Parsons, you're the guy. Every single thing he does, especially in this first 15, but every three step, five step play action run game will be to affect Micah Parsons. That is the type of generational talent that Micah Parsons is 
right? He's going to be there making sure that, hey, in a first 15, we need a cut block, like tight end, go cut block them across the formation. Hey, we need three guys here on Micah. I don't care if there's one-on-ones across the board. Like even if it's a five-man front and you're saying, hey, we need to go and we need to have five-on-five. We call it 5 No, sometimes we need to go put a running back and a tackle on Micah. Like he would be doing that. So the amount of mental gymnastics going through an offensive coordinator's head, going into a week um, that you're facing the Dallas Cowboys defense, not only Micah, but everyone else on there is is outrageous. Yeah. Okay. So, so take me through this, right? Because listen, the Giants, I don't think are that bad. Everything went wrong and it just got downhill and it snowballed on them. They're not going to give up a blocked field goal for a touchdown the other way and a pick six and a fumble for by Deron Bland. Like, Thank you, by the way, Cowboys special teams and defense really helped me fantasy in week one. But <laughs> so that's a tweet I put it out. I'm like, whoever had through. it is amazing. Yeah. This guy, this guy right here. <laughs> this guy so, right here. Chase, take me through it. You, we've all been there as player, as players. You've all been there. You've gotten your ass kicked, and you know you got to go in and watch the film. What's it like? knowing when you like it's going to be the most like the game was bad enough right and you and the coaches always say after the game we got to move on move out of the next thing we're on to cincinnati whatever and you know that's not true for you guys because you're gonna have to sit there and watch that damn film and they're gonna kick your ass vocally the entire time they're watching the film what is that like for a player they make you watch that shit and they just get on you so badly well, it's not the favorite thing in the world to for a, for a grown man to have to eat the medicine, right? Like, you, like it, it's 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 probably like people. I liken it to to people like going out and just getting absolutely crushed in their job. Like, like a boss comes in and you're a salesperson and you don't meet your quota and say your quota is a million dollars in sales and you have a hundred thousand dollars in sales and the boss just like completely rips you a new one and it's just like but it's times 10 because because guys guys that put the it's not about effort like like that's what i'm trying to get to it's not about effort so like the effort was there for the giants but when the giants offense came in and watched that film like the first thing you got to be as a player is you got to take accountability for what you put on tape because you only put on tape something once a week Right. And what you put on tape is what you are. Okay. And, and of course there was like a perfect storm. We've talked all about it. Like, Hey, this, this isn't exactly who we are, but it's, it's something that's not fun. And that's probably the worst part of the game because you only play the game. I mean, if you're lucky, like, you know, three preseason or three preseason games, 17 regular season games, and you know, hopefully you get a buy in your three. So 24 times, maybe the max you can put on it on film. Right. And when any of those times is embarrassing, like, like I, I would use the word embarrassing, like it stings because you know, the other 31 teams get this tape and you know, the other 31 teams, especially if it's a primetime game, especially if it's a prime, especially if it's a primetime game. Yeah, and especially if you're in New York media, it makes it even worse, right? But like when you go into the film, yeah. I, I've I've been a part of that, and I've been a part of that where I mean, take 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 for instance, I can talk from experience the 2018 or 2019 London game. Okay, Mitch Trubisky was hurt. Um, I think it was 2019. Oh yeah, uh, Mitch Trubisky was hurt, and I came in um, against Minnesota and went, first drive touchdown. We ended up smoking them that game. Had a really good game through for 200 yards. Um, had a touchdown pass and just ran the offense really well. 
feeling really good. We go to, we go to London, which is a whole different dynamic in terms of logistics, but, um, we go and we're playing the Raiders. We're down 17, nothing at halftime. And we go into halftime and I'm just like, Oh, it's like almost like a, like a mid middle film session. Like, it's like, what are we doing? It's like, you're, you're getting your butts kicked. And then you go out the second half. We ended up clawing back to make it 17, 17, I think, um, through two third quarter touchdowns and they go down, have a crazy punt return and end up kicking a field goal 2017. I'm like, this is my chance. Like I, it's a two minute drive. There's two minutes to go start off with a huge completion. Allen Robinson on the left side. And I throw on like the next snap or two other snaps. I throw the worst interception of my entire <laughs> life. I just float. I float. I float yeah. a, a corner out and cool. there's nobody there. The corner's sitting there fair catching it. Like, here you go, Chase. Hey. And, and my heart sinks because not only did I let down myself, I let down my entire team. I let down faith. Like you think of all that stuff. So all that, the reason I say that because all that goes into it, then you have to watch it the next day. And you're just like, I just want to move on. Let's just get to the next game. Yeah. Like that's the best thing. That's the best thing about baseball is like you, you go over three or over five with the uh, five strikeouts, the golden sombreros, they like to call it. And you move on. You can play the next day, go two, four, like, Oh, I'm betting 500. I'm, I'm good. Exactly. That is not the case in football. Like you got to nope. wait a whole nother week. You yeah, got to take two medicine it. and you got to move on. It's awful. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so now let's get to the giants because you and I have a difference of opinion here. You think the giants are salvageable, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. And here's let me here, here let me tell you why. Okay, I think we all know what Daniel Jones is, but more importantly, I think we all know what Daniel Jones isn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you see Joe Burrow struggle. He's like, okay, T Higgins didn't have a pass. Well, okay, that's not going to happen a lot. Joe's going to get back into rhythm. You know, Boyd Higgins Chase they're going to get theirs. Mixon's going to get mixed up. They'll figure some protection things out. They're going to be fine. Same thing with Kansas City. Kadarius Tony had some drops. Richie James, new receiver, didn't quite understand the mesh point. They can figure that. Those are workable things, and they have talented players. And they get Travis Kelsey back, and they get Chris Jones back. For the Giants to be good, Daniel Jones has to be above average to good. And for him to be above average to good, everybody else has to play great. Yeah. I do not know where that offensive line is going to go uh, and how yeah. much better they can be. And, and that's a problem. That's a problem for me. Darren Waller had the hamstring issue. He didn't exert himself. Like, for, for the Giants to be really, really good, everybody has to really help Daniel Jones. And I'm not sure if they have the horses around Daniel Jones to really help him in this situation. Yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, now can I change my answer to what you said? No. Um, well, you're welcome. I just, I just ran rings around you logically, so you're welcome. <laughs> my, my whole thing is like, I... I I hate, and we're not really doing it on this show, but I hate overreaction. Oh, thank you. Monday, 100%, Tuesday, 100%. Wednesday shows, and 100%. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying you're doing it at all because yeah. you have very logical points. That's why we're doing the show together. Um, but but the thing the thing to me is like it's one game, and we talked about we were texting during this game. We were like, it's the yeah. perfect storm. Like it's, it's crappy weather, the rain game, all that stuff. I I would agree. I would agree with you on the offensive line like that. If I have issues with the giants, I don't, I'm not going to point at Daniel Jones right away. I'm going to point at that offensive line because the offensive line play has not been good. Let's be real. Terrible. And let's be honest. Let's be clear for the giants offensive line defense. 
They're not seeing the Cowboys, but one more time, okay? That Cowboys defense yeah. unit is It's not special. the best unit to start with. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, but, so I'll but give with, them a pass there. Yeah. yeah. I'll give yeah, and like the thing for me is like Daniel Jones. I maybe maybe I'm bullish on the Giants because of Mike Kafka. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why. Maybe maybe I can understand, and I've been with the system with Andy Reid because let's make no no doubts about it. It's Andy Reid's system mixed with a little Buffalo Bills and Dayball. He gave yeah. him full go when he went away from the Chiefs last year. Like like he said, hey Kafka, you got you're running the show, and I just know that. That type of coach under Andy Reid, they find same with Eric Bieniemy. They find they, they they won we won you know as well. Yeah. They find ways to make your weaknesses not as weak and your yeah. strengths even more stronger. And and there's there is there's something to be said about that. Like like in that offense, I remember meeting with um, Andy Reid and Alex Smith when we were there. If there was anything that Alex Smith didn't want, it's not in the game plan. It's the same thing with Daniel Jones. If he's not comfortable with it, Mike Kafka is not calling it. Now, I do think that he has to continue to progress. He got paid a lot of money. But I just love, I mean, listen, the Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley thing, like, I'm, I really, like, that's, that's to me who you have to continue to feature. And I do think, you know, Winkendale's defense is, is, is really good. Like, they, they just got, they, they, we learned nothing about their defense. Yeah, first of Wink all, Martindale. Wink Martindale. We, yeah, Wink Martindale. Winkendale was very good. I don't. There know you go, Wink, Wink, yeah. Wink Martindale. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Martindale. Good. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so, we'll edit so that listen. out. But yeah, just yeah, like no, that. no, we're gonna keep it in just for that. That for that reason, we're keeping <laughs> it. In. All right, listen. I know you got to run, so I appreciate your time. I just want to let everybody know that I'm here in your old hometown right now. I'm down in Dallas, Texas, playing with Let's a go. couple of golf buddies and a couple of uh, a couple of my college roommates. We're all turning the big six zero within a couple of weeks of each other, and we decided to act like fools for a few days because <laughs> why the hell you deserve not? it? You deserve there it. You go. So, so where? What's your favorite golf course in the Dallas Fort Worth area? Man, there's so many. Honestly, like I, I'm, I'm not a big golf snob. Like I, I like the community courses around there. We play at Grapevine Municipal, and I'm telling okay. you, it's the best thirty dollar course you've ever had. They have three nineteens. It's right by the Dallas Cowboys course in yeah, Grapevine. Cowboy course. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not one to be the country club snob that's going around. Like we played Grapevine Municipal early on. I know, I know. That's why I'm saying it because your nice little <laughs> collared polo and your hat, and you know, only play the plantation course in Maui and this. <laughs> And that, but I would say like we we used to go there in high school, yeah. play you know eighteen holes, and then head right to Grapevine Lake and on a boat. So it was awesome. But I will say you got to get some Tex-Mex because Tex-Mex. Yeah. I don't care about what anyone says. I live in California full time now. It's not yeah. the same. It's better oh. than Mexican food. Guess where I'm going for dinner tonight? Just mm, guess. Me casino. Oh, well, that was the other one. We're going to Javier's. Oh, Javier's. dude, there you go. No, done. We're, we're gonna we're gonna ha- we're gonna have it big at Javier's, and we're gonna. You guys are such snobs. Stuff. Look at y'all, Javier's too. After playing country club golf, North, man, you North, look- Northwood Northwood Golf Club, of course, 1952 U.S. Open. Humble Excuse brag. Me. There you Humble go. Brag. Yes, actually, it's just a brag. It's really just a brag. <laughs> All right, brother. I know you got family commitments. I appreciate you being with us this week, and we'll do it again next week, and hopefully, we'll figure out some more bleep along the way. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Cheers. 